Hello and welcome to the Minnesota Family Law Podcast on a rainy Sunday. The podcast by, with, for, and about family law professionals. My name is Tom Tuft and I'm a family law attorney and ADR provider at the law firm of Tuft, Locke, Jerebeck, and O'Connell. In today's podcast, we will discuss Chief Justice Gilday's order, discuss some insights offered Friday in the community chat from the two Chief Justices of Ramsey Chief Judges of the Ramsey and Hennepin Family Courts. And finally, we will have a discussion with a well-respected child therapist concerning how he continues to provide services and how children are reacting to the present circumstances. First, I want to highlight some things in Chief Chief Justice Gilday's order. There's not a lot of direct guidance to the Family Court Division. In fact, Family Court is not specifically referenced in the order directly. However, indirectly, there's some things to consider. First, there will be no jury trials until September. Second, there will be no criminal trials until June 1st when a few pilot project criminal trials will be held. Thereafter, regular criminal jury trials will start no sooner than July 6th. Perhaps this is why family court hearings are being scheduled in earnest. Many of our colleagues, including me, are getting notices of hearings scheduled with only a few days or perhaps a week notice. I think the courts are concerned that once the criminal dam breaks, time for family court may be limited. Another provision I mentioned yesterday in paragraph 5 indicates that proceedings in all case types will be held via remote technology and without parties or attorneys being in the courtroom. My reading on this is that all hearings, perhaps including trials, will be held remotely. Now I want to move on to what Judge Daly of Hennepin County and Judge Ireland of Ramsey County discussed in their AFCC community chat on Friday. First, it is clear that things are not going to return to normal quickly, if at all. The courts simply cannot overwhelm the building's ability to operate safely. That means there cannot be multiple hearings, multiple trials, all going on at the same time, with multiple people coming and going from the building. Is clearly will have to be very thoughtful about scheduling any in-court activity. Also, she pointed out it is not as simple as simply handing out masks. Apparently, handing out masks creates OSHA issues for the court, meaning that training every recipient of a mask, every party, every attorney, every witness, in their proper use would be necessary. She did indicate that all court employees would have masks and access to shields as well. Judge Ireland indicated that he is indeed wearing masks in juvenile court. He had initially resisted the idea, but in his role is recognizing that masks are the new normal and children may be just as fearful of seeing someone not in a mask as seeing someone in a mask. They are taking other safety precautions such as installing plexiglass shielding where uh, court staff may come in close contact with the public. Consistent with the order, Judge Ireland indicated that we are now entering the transition phase to a more active availability of the courts. He said that judicial calendars will indeed be full. He expressed some concern that judges assigned to family court will be pulled to criminal court to deal with that backlog. 
he indicated that there are 200 people sitting in custody in the 2nd Judicial District that have not had their day in court in the form of a jury trial, though they are presumed innocent. For her part, Judge Daly suggested that civil judges in the 4th Judicial District would be taken uh, to cover criminal, the criminal calendar sooner than the family court judges, if at all. There was some discussion around trials via Zoom. Judge Daly pointed out that the Confrontation Clause of the United States Constitution does not require the ability to, to confront witnesses in a civil matter. It applies only to criminal. I had the general impression that both judges thought Zoom trials, while not preferred, would be perfectly permissible. It is clear that we all are going to have to adapt to a new way of providing services. That is especially true of those providing therapy to, to, to juveniles. And my guest today does just that. He provides individual therapy to juveniles and adults. He provides family therapy. He does child inclusive mediation. He does brief focused assessments, social early neutral evaluations, psychological assessments for juveniles, and several other services. I am so pleased to have a chance to talk to Dr. Kent Kadalan. Kent, I really appreciate you uh, taking your time out of your busy day to join me on my podcast. I appreciate the invitation. I've been a, a fan. I've listened to many of the ones before, so I hope I can measure up. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the invitation. So when I think of you, a lot of times I think of the you know the therapy you do with with kids. And I, I was wondering how or if you can continue doing that um, with the, you know, the social distancing and everything else that's going on. So I, how are you providing uh, services to kids? Um, well, I'm, I have shifted. So my entire practice and all my contact is on video conference. I use DoxyMe, which... I know many people have heard of it's a HIPAA compliant video conferencing format, kind of like Zoom. Doesn't have all the all the uh, you know special features, but it works just great for talking with a young person, talking with their parents, and continuing that connection. Well, it's been a shift for sure, but um, no, I've been able to maintain contact with. Um, a lot of my previous clients, you and I were talking. Yeah, are the kids pretty receptive to doing it this way? I would say it's it's variable. In some ways, it's it's a whole lot easier for the younger generation to interact online. Um, I think they are, you know, tech savvy and social media savvy. So for some of the some of the kids uh, that I've worked with, they they fell into it quite easily. But I would say that's somewhat of a double-edged sword, too, is they're quite used to talking with friends and interacting with people online, but we're not just chatting. We're doing therapy. So sure. <laughs> sometimes uh, keeping them focused on the task at hand can um, it, it can prove... Um, more difficult um, than than easy, I would say. So, aside from the logistics of of doing the therapy, what are you observing in in how they're handling this? I mean, they've they've lost 
school opportunities and friends and activities. And um, I'm assuming a yeah. lot of them are, their parents are going through a divorce. Um, so how are they handling what's going on? Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing uh, quite a bit of variability and I've talked with different colleagues um, who they're experiencing, you know, different therapists I've talked with work with children and adolescents, they're seeing the same is that initially there was a, uh, a bit of a bump, a bit of an excitement, you know, school's out forever, kind of, mm-hmm. this will be great. I'll get to play video games and, and uh, won't have all these pressures. But now I think the monotony is kind of setting in and, and there's a lot of boredom that I deal with. Um, kids talk about boredom parents talk about lack of motivation. <laughs> so it's really been trying to help them get some sort of structure, help them get back connected with the things that excite them, the things that give them a sense of purpose. Or in my work, I talk about values. What is it that you value? What's important to you? Um, and it, you know, it's, it's still the same conversation I would have. If I were here, if they were here, I should say in my office. Um, but sometimes it's easier for them to check out and tone out, zone out. And I've reduced the time frame that I use. You know, typically a therapy session is a fifty-minute hour, but I'm finding it difficult to maintain their attention for that long. So I've been doing shorter sessions, and. Um, Everyone is available, so parents are agreeable to splitting it up. And so maybe rather than a once a week session, we might do two sessions a week. Sure. I'll meet with them on Monday and then check in again on Thursday. Say, um, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't, uh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Um, I was found it interesting when I talked to Jordan Hart. Um, couple weeks ago perhaps and she said in some ways there's less anxiety in kids because they don't have the social pressure and the and the pressure of academics in the same way are you seeing that as well oh yeah oh yeah absolutely i think there is a whole subset of the clients that we work with that experience you know significant anxiety and they struggle with meeting these expectations and now someone came along and, and removed all those expectations and so yeah life is in many ways a lot easier that social anxiety isn't there um you know i have some a client who is has some issues with germs is a germaphobe and you know they're currently in the position haha i was right (laughs) and and they stay home but as as i've talked about with their parents um and that that continues to be a very important part of my work. I consult with parents as well. Um, I say we need to really be cautious about what happens when the restrictions are loosened and those expectations start to come back because I'm fearful of really sort of a blowback. Then you know, why are you making me go back to these things that you said I didn't have to a couple of weeks ago? Another uh, interesting observation uh, that um, Dr. Hart made was that um, she's hearing from the kids that their parents are agreeing on some things. Um, There's less conflict between parents. I I suspect there's a mixed bag in that, but are you seeing that phenomenon at all? all? 
Um, I would say that for me, it's sort of a 50, 50. I still get, sure. I still get a lot of, um, teenagers, especially who are kind of stuck in the middle in terms of, you know, what's, what's most appropriate. Do I need to follow this guideline or not? You know, we don't see this with the younger kids, but with older teenagers, it's developmentally appropriate for them to want to be with their peers. This isn't just a, a pouting sort of thing. They feel a yearning. And if you have one parent who is um, quite restrictive and the other one who's more laid back, it's very easy for a teenager. And I've seen multiple times with teenagers to really kind of work that divide. Sure. Um, yeah. Not so shocking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a lot of my work is helping parents co-parent. How do you work together to establish rules? And how do you, how do you stay focused on shared goals for that, that child's health and safety, uh, but communicating a kind of a united front? You know, um, just something occurred to me as you're talking about talking to parents, um, and this is a little bit of a left turn from our plan, but um, how, I have so many cases where parents don't trust a therapist um, or, or therapy because they're so concerned that the other parent's going to get a leg up or get information or, um, the, you know, there's boundary issues. I mean, how, how do you deal with um, those kind of warring parents who want to really in, involve themselves in the kid's therapy? Well, um, I think the approach that I take has been from the very beginning, I have a rather extensive and long intake session where we discuss those kind of concerns and we talk about what is my role as your child therapist? Who do I work for? What am I trying to accomplish? Those kind of questions. Because a lot of times, you know, most of my clients come from this world of high conflict, uh, family systems, family law uh, issue. And so when they're coming to me, it may be that their attorney or their PC or someone recommended, or maybe they were in an SE and the, and they recommended that your child needs therapy and they acknowledge that, but understandably they're still in a litigious situation and they want to be careful and cautious. So um, I guess it's a long winded way of saying I recognize it, but I, I call it out at the front end so that then we can talk about it again with the parents. So if I start to see some behavior where they're pulling for me to say something, they're pulling for me to um, work on their child to get this agenda through, that's where I need to step back as the therapist and say, wait a minute, remember that conversation we had on day one? Um, I understand you're seeing it a certain way, but that's not my job. My job is to help little Timmy, you know, sure. um, deal with sadness because he can't go to this place or can't do this thing. Um, and, you know, I, in my experience, if you're open and honest and straightforward, nine times out of 10, that works. And for the one out of 10 that it doesn't work, these are the people that there isn't a whole lot that's going to get through. They, 
they're a dog with a bone and they're focused on seeing things their way. Sure. Well, which, you know, which I, if I might say, that's also part of what drew me to this work is there are still kids on the other end of that, you know, situation that still need help. And it's not a comfortable place to be as a therapist, but I feel like if I can provide that support and that unconditional positive regard for that child and make have a place where they can talk, then hopefully I'm being successful. Well, Ken, I really appreciate your time, and I know we're going to talk again next week about your work yeah. with adults, so I'll look forward to hearing from you again. All right. Well, thanks again for the invite, and I appreciate uh, your time doing all this work. There certainly is a lot to consider as we prepare for another week of practice during the quarantine. Tomorrow, my guest will be Sue Ann Groby, who will discuss how she is continuing to do her work despite the limitations imposed during the pandemic. Once again, we have come to the end of an episode. So to my family law colleagues, I say thanks for listening, and I look forward to continuing these discussions. Now take care of yourself and your family so you can take care of your clients and your business. 